Greetings all. We are here at the Lucius Trust headquarters in New York, where we're happy to be holding in-person meetings once again. Tonight, for just a little while, we'll work on seeing the world through the eyes of the new moon in Cancer. New moons are that last little bit of total dark before the dawn light begins to lighten the sky. There's a swelling expectancy of something great coming, something which aligns with us magnetically just through the act of thinking about it. So let's begin by standing etherically shoulder to shoulder, acknowledging the rising tide of light we are about to step into. The affirmation of the disciple. I am a point of light within a greater light. I am a strand of loving energy within the stream of love divine. I am a point of sacrificial fire focused within the fiery will of God. And thus I stand. I am a way by which men may achieve. I am a source of strength, enabling them to stand. I am a beam of light shining upon their way. And thus I stand. And standing thus, revolve and tread this way the ways of men and know the ways of God. And thus I stand. In esoteric astrology, there is a passage which reads, the hierarchy is influencing and is influenced by the seventh ray of magical order and of ceremonial organization. The basic function of this ray is to relate spirit and matter and produce the manifested form. The sign of the zodiac with which it is closely connected is that of cancer, which is a sign of the masses and one of the gates into manifested life. So with this in mind, on June 2nd, 1979, Pope John Paul II started a nine-day tour of Poland. It was an unprecedented move traveling to a communist-dominated country, celebrating a mass in an open-air venue with Soviet military watching over it all, and doing so against the warnings of several of his colleagues in Rome. John Paul II would not budge on this issue, and he assured them it would be all right. It was guessed that over one million people 
attended the Mass in Victory Square, with another several million watching live on television. The Pope, known for his easy manner with people, did not mention politics, countries, or religion in his Mass, but instead maintained an attitude of harmlessness throughout, staying focused on the people he was there to encourage and guide. There was singing throughout this event. The million or more people spontaneously broke out into well-loved hymns, perhaps singing them freely for the first time in 35 years. At the end of one hymn, when the crowd grew silent again, the Pope asked them gently, what else do you want to sing? The mass went on, allowed to be whatever the people chose it to be from moment to moment. And then, in an unscripted instant of group invocation, the people broke out into a chant. We want God, they said. We want God. We want God. We want God. And this chant went on for several minutes until an aide to the Pope asked if he would like the chanting to stop so the Mass could continue. The Pope said, no, let them chant as long as they like. For 17 minutes, the huge crowd, united by fierce intent, with a one-pointed focus, continued to chant, we want God. It was said that the word sounded like thunder. When the people stopped, the Mass began again. The Pope gave a sermon, a gentle but heartfelt sermon, in which he asked those present if they were willing to be examples of sacrificial love, stating that Christ could not be separated from man because man could not be fully understood without Christ. But then, to close his sermon, he did an amazing thing. His normally soft voice took on an almost imperceptible tone of power, and he spoke to the air surrounding them, saying, Let your spirit descend. Let your spirit descend and renew the face of the earth, the face of this land. Historians now identify that gathering and that moment as the beginning of the fall of communist Russia. The new moon of cancer places its focus on groups, the forming, maintaining, and strengthening of groups so that they can become useful centers of right action and inspired forward motion. 
like tiny earthquakes. Each group rightly focused with clear purpose has the power to effect enormous change just by virtue of that quality of true presence, that spark of soul. What happens when a million people invoke the same future? What happens when there is no focus but one focus? And all present are connected by an unseen web of power? Old benchmarks shift and the dust begins to lift, blown away by a different kind of wind. What would happen now if a billion people all over the world invoked a better future, one informed by goodwill and love? Redemption. Redemption of circumstance, redemption of attitude, redemption of direction leading to the eventual redemption of the human race itself. There are a few powerful words to this effect given by the Tibetan in 1940. As the Second World War was reaching a point of no return, a second stanza of the great invocation was offered to humanity, and it included these words. Let the souls of men awaken to the light, and may they stand with massed intent. Massed intent. There is a reason for this. In the Alice Bailey books, there is a great emphasis on the group rather than the individual. One person standing bravely in the world is inspiring, but pooling our energies into a united purpose creates more power to achieve. The phrase attributed to Aristotle, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts it's made of, was perhaps an early call to thinking humanity to begin moving away from the focus on oneself and into a focus on a greater mind. On a strictly human level, the power of a group like the one which gathered in Poland that day might be thought of as magical. On an esoteric and scientific level, it will be thought of as magnetizing. And this magnetizing principle is just science. A magnetizing force cannot be stopped except by a force equal to or greater than itself. With this being so, if established global groups would focus their desire into a few inspired words, and draw etherically shoulder to shoulder with fierce intent, we are told that mountains will move. Perhaps this kind of joining together is how a sea change in the course of human history will come to us now.
in the year 2022. Not through the dictates of current leaders and political figures, but rather through the united intent of the masses. We, the people, just us. It was said that after the Pope's mass in Victory Square, 1979, a Soviet general who was overseeing the event wrote a report on the happenings of that day. The last line in his diary reportedly said, it's all over. As we come out the other side of the high period of the three spiritual festivals, let's take stock of what we have learned, of what has been revealed to us as a group of spiritual workers seeking to draw the world always upward what tools do we understand a bit better that we should be using? What ability to renew the face of our earth do we ourselves hold if we will only draw together? And we'll go into our meditation now. Strengthening the hands of the group of world servers. Group fusion. I am one with my group brothers and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the group of world servers. Mentally extend a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center, to the Christ, the heart of love within the hierarchy, towards Shambhala, where the will of God is known.
entire interlude. Hold the mind focused for a few moments on the planetary role of the group of world servers mediating between hierarchy and humanity, responding to hierarchical impression and meditating the plan into existence. Meditation. Reflect on the seed thought through the impression and expression of certain great ideas. Humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world servers.
precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love throughout the planet, from Shambhala through the planetary heart, the hierarchy, through the Christ, the group of world servers, through all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and finally, through the hearts and minds of the whole human family.
lower interlude. Consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the group of world servers, so building the thought form of solution to world problems. distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the irradiation of human consciousness with light and love and power. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known. Let purpose guide 
all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Well done, everyone. So we'll open it up for discussion with those here in the office as well as those joining via Zoom. So one of the questions that was put out with the... Uh, announcement of the new moon was from an esoteric understanding. In what way is the whole greater than the sum of the parts it's made of? Just something to think on. Test, test, test. Hello? All right, Jen, I just wanted to let you know there's a hand here from John Reisenman. Um, Hello, this is John. And are you able to hear me? Uh, 
Are you able to hear me? Yes. Um, thank you so much for this exquisite presentation. Uh, in, in, rega in regard to the question that is asked, it seems to me that the whole demonstrates um, something greater than it's, is greater than the sum of its parts by reason of the increased livingness that comes to focus through that expression of the whole. And in connection with this idea of mass intent, this idea of united purpose, the importance of the great invocation comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And when we say this prayer once a day or multiple times a day, it is an expression of mass intent. Mm -hmm. And I've re I remember, I'm reminded of something that came to focus in, I believe the last conferences cycle that during the time of the Second World War, it was shared with the, by the Tibetan with his disciples that if there were an adequate expression of this great prayer, uh, a deep enough expression of mass intent, events might unfold might have unfolded differently than they did at that time and so this prayer we are told is extremely powerful and perhaps when we now say it based on what we've shared in through this meeting we will have a greater sense of purpose behind our saying of the prayer and a greater realization of the potency of mass intent. So thank you. Thank you for those words, John. Um, you said so much in there that I, I could respond to. Um, yes, the, um, the whole idea of drawing together as a group um, with mass intent, it, it is such a powerfully invocative image um, and to be part of a group like that I think would elicit such a sense of purpose in anybody taking part um, I think sometimes there's a tendency to think of the group as dissipating an individual's purpose but <laughs> In fact, it's the exact opposite. Um, the group enhances the purpose of every single member. So thank you for your words, John. You said lovely, true things. Thanks, Jen, for your presentation. 
Um, I just want to make sure everybody can hear me actually. So one second, having some technical difficulties. All right, can everybody hear me? Yes. I think so. All right, thanks, John. Um, so almost lost what I was going to say now, but the, the whole idea of the relationship between the individual and the group is a really interesting one. And there's obviously it's finds it's the same sort of question finds its way into politics, into social issues, um, into philosophy, into spirituality and religion in different ways. And it's easy to, you know, emphasize again and again this ideal of the group and that's very important because we're moving into the Aquarian age which is an age of the group mm -hmm. and spiritually of group initiation within the group of world servers and for humanity really as well um, but there are some people who feel um, for whatever reason and maybe rightly so in some way, that the um, value of the individual also needs to be emphasized along with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we can keep in mind, you know, as we're, as we're doing our invocation that each unit within the group, the group is stronger, but also the group strengthens the individual as well and makes them something mm -hmm. much greater than they would be otherwise. So it's, is sort of strength, strength in numbers in a way. There's that saying. Um, it's individual strength in numbers. Exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. This is reminding me of when I spent a week at Bintorn in Scotland. Oh. Uh, and there was a, there's a really powerful thing that they do there, um, and that's uh, with the group that um, is very instructive in how groups can work. And what they do is there's a, a list of tasks that have to be done, cleaning the kitchen, cleaning the bathrooms, working in the garden, cooking the food, things like that. It's a list of of say 10 tasks and there are 10 people in the group. And what they do is they go into meditation. You go into meditation at the, in the morning and everybody waits for the impulse telling them what they should be doing that day. And then you go around and you say what you were told to do and it works out perfectly <laughs> every single time. <laughs> and so, um, the reason that I, I talk about that is because there's this idea of being an in, of an individual, but it's not necessarily that the individual will has to be separate from the group right. will. It can be different, or we can each have different things that we um, are called to do. But when you take the, when you put them all together, they fit like a puzzle. Like if you're spiritually led. If, if we're listening to the spiritual impulse, everything fits together like a puzzle. And that, that kind of um, 
if any one of us were just following our individual impulse, we wouldn't know what to do. You know, you would have to have some kind of autocrat at the top telling everybody, you do this, you do this, you do this. And that person would have to have supreme knowledge, right? In order to know um, how things could be if you just let magic do it, right? Um, and so that was one thought that I had about it. The other thought I had was I was over, I was uh, downtown in downtown Manhattan today, uh, right by, um, you know, World Trade Center 9-11. And they have a mural there uh, it's it's about half a block long and it says everybody is different and everybody is the same <laughs> and I thought that in that one little sentence it just contained so much wisdom that is kind of in line with what we're talking about here yeah. I love that Suzanne yeah yeah Can you hear me? That was such a treat, Jen, to hear you do this presentation. Wow. Your first one, so so full of wisdom and beauty. So thank you for all that energy and effort you put in. Um, I was thinking you really um, brought a new interesting level of thought to the great invocation for me tonight in terms of cancer and mast and tent. You know, the fact that the Tibetan has called it the great invocation to me just keeps unpacking the more I do it and the more I hear other people talk about it. So when we're talking about mast and tent and the Aquarian age, and group consciousness right in the great invocation. Um, the words from the point of light within the mind of God, from the po point of love, you know, and the, the, the different aspects of God. Let light stream forth into the minds of men. We're being shown this relationship and how humanity as a whole in mass intent is designed as part of the plan to reflect those aspects of God. We're being told what our role, what our place in the group is of the planetary group, how we are to play our role within the Logos' plan for the entire planet. And so I think cancer is a wonderful time and opportunity to be reminded of our group role as a kingdom, a human kingdom, not just the new group of world servers. And such a um, profound and audacious role we're being asked to fulfill. <laughs> right. You know, so. Right. Yeah. Thank you. All right, we have a um, hand raised here from Steve. Hey, okay, thank you. Um, can you hear me? 
Yes, we can. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Thank you. That was a that was a, such a lovely talk. It was so wonderful to be reminded of um, those trips that John Paul did when he was younger. I actually thought when he became older, he became more fixed. But during that uh, time. I remember every time he would travel to these places, and of course, particularly that um, one in Poland, but every time watching on, I mean, hard, being really excited to watch on television the whole story of the coming off the plane, the kissing of the earth. Um, it's, I think it's the only time I've seen ritual used as a global powerful global experience mm. the way he did it for that period of time when he was really using that simple magnificent ritual of visiting countries and these huge numbers of people coming out so i really um i love the way you captured that and it really tells us something to me about invocation and it tells us something about the great invocation it's really because you know how the tibetan suggest to us that when we use the great invocation what we're really trying to do is to sort of bring feel this um collective invocation that was captured that's so you captured so perfectly with that experience of a million people in poland sounding the invocation of the world of the human with real power um, and in the great invocation, it's as if we need to try and bring that, lift that into those calls to the mind of God, the heart of God, and the will of God. Um, because that, that's, that's the sort of task of the invocation, to focus and take that deep, profound sort of felt invocation from the human the world of the human so i really love that and i i was thinking about the question about the whole is greater than the sum of the parts and thinking really the invocation helps us with that because it places the human world that we're involved in and all the issues of sustainability um all of the issues that where humanity is struggling to bring ethics into human form and to get out of all of these partisan sides in the process of doing that really we put all these when we put all these issues in relation to the whole it's we're putting them in relation to god um we really are directing our awareness of the parts, which is so much a, like we're so organically involved in thinking as separate parts. It's just a part of our nature. And in meditation, and we, when we use the invocation or when we study a teaching, any universal teaching, we begin to put all that in relationship to the whole, which is um, the Lord of all. Um, so it was, a, but I, it was really helpful, um, to have that thing of the power of invocation for that comes from the world of the human to, in our world today. It's fabulous. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. One thing I wondered as I, um, 
as I read over that story and researched different accounts of it, I wondered if the Pope was aware of what he was doing. I wonder if he had that um, kind of connection to a divine intelligence. And I'm sure he does. But did he understand the, the whole idea of mass intent? Did he understand what he was allowing the people to do in those moments, in those 17 minutes? I. A big part of me thinks that he knew. Um, and it was very beautifully orchestrated by him. But who knows? Who knows? The point is, though, that it seems to be part of a formula for the human race to join together with mass intent, with goodwill, with unconditional love, and that that's what will bring us where we need to be. Uh, we have another hand raised here. I'm just going to ask you. There's this thing where my cursor has disappeared. One second. All right, Sarah Murphy. Hi, Michael. Thank you. Um, I really enjoyed your meditation. It was beautiful in the talk. And I was particularly excited toward the, I don't know if excited is the right word, but um, I had a dream last night and I woke up with this impression that there was like something for the arcane school to do, but I couldn't remember what it was. And when you, um, when you ended uh, talking about if we, not just the arcane school, but humanity could really dedicate ourselves to goodwill, what could we accomplish? And I think that, um, that just was particularly uh, res resonating with me. Um, I talk a lot, I do some couples therapy, I'm a therapist, and I often talk about how the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Oh. And yeah, <laughs> in a very concrete and practical way. And I think that also in a broader context, in a also practical and concrete way, when we're united in group effort, what we can do is so much bigger than what we can do individually. So yeah, there I go, concretizing things. Anyway, thank you. No, thank you for your comments. Very great. Thank you so much, Jen. I'll just reiterate what everyone else has said. I found your talk and the truth underlying the words to be very powerful and very evocative of the energy available to us if we can stand with mass intent. I really um, responded to the first part of that phrase that you use, let the souls of men awaken to the light, because it gives us um, the perspective with which we should be working mm -hmm. um, because it is the soul that awakens to the light it's you know so it's a, it's a matter of that mass of people perhaps standing in that square it wasn't about all these disparate personalities with their complaints about the communist system that they were under it was more the pope's ability to with the crowd to awaken the soul 
of the group. You know, it's more about a, a massive awakening, uh, creating an, a channel through which all of this um, potent, extra personal, we might say, energy can flow. And I think oftentimes um, we need something tangible to awaken that impulse. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like we should need an external event, but it does seem often that we do, such as times of war or times of repression, perhaps, in a society. Mm. And so because we are moving through such a challenging period in our planetary history, it's hopeful that during this time, we can have our collective souls awakening to the light that is trying to stream in and that we can stand together using prayers, mantras, moments of silence, like the global silent minute and the 99 days of peace. The more people who join in with these invocative appeals, certainly we will have changes in the outer structure of our planet. And that's the hope of the time. Right, Kathy. So it looks like it looks like we have very quickly run through an hour. So um, before we do close, we have a few announcements. The next. Full moon. Full moon of Cancer will be Tuesday, July 12th at 6 p.m. And then following that, we'll be back to a new moon again, and that'll be Thursday, July 28th, also at 6 p.m. So let's just take a moment to pull in all of these wonderful ideas and thoughts. and decide how we might put them to work in the world. We'll see you in two weeks then. Good night, everybody.